dealerships who are, are willing and able to, like we're talking about, create those goals, set up those marketing programs, dig into the data, to then actually outperform on that data, they're gonna be so much further ahead. Dealers who really kinda gave it to the consumer in terms of going $10,000 over invoice or, or MSRP, are really gonna feel the burn here in the next year or two. Your customers are gonna remember that and they'll take their money elsewhere. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here and thank you for joining me on another episode of The Drive, Las Vegas edition. Today I have an amazing guest with me. I have the one, the only, the oh so famous. Lori oh. Halter with me. Lori, what's up? How are you doing? Good. I'm very excited to be on the strip in a Corvette, feeling like very high end today. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to jam with me today. We're here at the you know, Vegas Digital Dealer. There's um, this is a good digital dealer. I think so too. There seems like a ton of attendees. Good. A lot of attendees. Yeah. And just. I think the timing and everything is just absolutely right. There's I feel like I've spoken with a lot of vendors and they are all saying the same thing. Everyone's really happy Everyone's with right. the turnout. 100%, 100%. Well, you know, I like kicking off these podcasts with a little origin story. Okay. Because I'm fascinated and I think it creates amazing context when people are watching and listening. <laughs> so, Lori, how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Well, I've been in automotive now over 20 years, if you can believe <laughs> that, which blows my mind every time I say it. Um, I started with Chrome Data back in 1999. And that was the time when if I told people I was in like automotive technology as a company, they were like, so wait, you sell parts? Or like you work in the dealership and sell tires? So I'm like, no, no, I'm selling the technology to the dealerships. <laughs> but um, yes, it was with Chrome three years and then decided in 2003 that I wanted to go out on my own said there's no way I'll stay in automotive. I was like, oh no, no, I'm not gonna stay in automotive. And here I am 20 years later. So I've had Charisma Communications now since um, 2003 and we're very niched. We work primarily with tech companies that sell into the dealership space. That's awesome. I love it. And I love the fact that you're very niche. Yeah, you know, thank you. Like, well, no, I think I, I appreciate when people you know do that. It's, it's you know, the jack of all trades and master enough that you really master space. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that allows us to do that I love is create these really deep relationships with people in the space. And those deep relationships then transfer into, you know, more coverage, more influence, more partnership opportunities for all of our clients. Yes. Well, hey, you got a cool panel tomorrow. Yes. We'll see if anyone shows up. (laughs) We are what? We are like the 1130 show on the last day. So (laughs) we'll have three people. (laughs) But you guys got a super cool topic and I I think it's going to be really neat. So for everyone out there that, you know, not attending, you know, let's talk a little bit about what the panel is and what some of the content is going to be. Yeah, I'd love that. So our... um, Title and shout out to Jim Ziegler, who's like, you now officially have the longest title in the history of Digital Dealer. It's like, I don't even remember it. It's basically like, just because your inventory is vanishing doesn't mean your marketing should be. It's literally like, all of us on stage are marketers and we couldn't come up with a better title. (laughs) But really what we're talking about is, um, you know, there continues to be inventory issues, which is amazing. Because when we were putting the application together, it was in 
March of this year and we're like, is this even still gonna be an issue in the fall? And here we are, like we're still having inventory issues. But because of the good times over the last couple of years, a lot of the dealerships are starting to speak to vendors and other people in the industry and say, well, I think maybe I'm gonna pull back on some of the things we're doing. And this isn't so much to say, don't pull, well, we're saying don't pull back, but we're saying more, now is a fantastic time to sharpen your pencil yes. and figure out what is actually working and why is it working and dig into your own data. This is like key, do not dig in, do not allow agencies to give you their data. Dig into this your own data. No, 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 before we go, because it just, I, I, let's dive a little deeper into that. Yeah, what do you for sure. Um, I think that means going to your own Google Analytics, going to your own Google My Business. Don't take the reporting. It's fine if your agencies are sending you reports. That's also very helpful. But I think a lot of times what happens is they will, of course, be reporting on the good numbers that benefit and awesome. show what is happening to that agency. So by digging into your own numbers, you're getting a really true um, vision of what is working and what is not. Yes. Yeah. And so I also think with this downtime right now, there's a bit of downtime because there's no inventory on lots. It's also a great time to train up your staff or maybe up-train them on opportunities like, hey, let's start digging into our own data and figuring out what's actually working and how do we dig into that data and what are the things we're trying to figure out? Well, you know what, let's let's talk about, so digging into that data, you know what, in our industry, we've always kind of like to use that, this term of, Dealerships are sitting on a gold mine of data. All we gotta <laughs> right. do is take our pick and axe and we're yes. gonna go mine this shit. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, I, I don't think we ever really gonna deep dive into really gonna, you know, educating the dealers enough on really what is that data. Yeah, well, like what data? What is this, like is, data this, everyone keeps talking this about? Stuff like go mine and it's yeah, yeah. Well, April Simmons is a part of our um, panel tomorrow with Horn Automotive Group. Big shout out to you. I, I know. Everybody loves April. She's our little favorite firecracker. But she's doing just that. So we're saying, like, they dig into your data. And then she's going to say, look, here's the different data sources my team digs into. Uh -huh. And here's how they do it. And here's what we're looking for. So, again, like I said, it's like, you know, Google My Business. Your Google Analytics is probably, if you're just starting, that is probably going to be your easiest and best place to start is yes. Google Analytics. Like, who's coming through your website? Where are they coming from? Which leads are working? Which lead providers are working the best? Um, so I think if, if you're just beginning, Google Analytics is yes. probably key. Well, yeah. and, and I think, you know, even getting into your Google Analytics, you know, really take the time to identify what success looks like. Yes. Because, to your point, because you alluded to it earlier, we can tell any story we want to tell when it comes to data. Yeah, I mean, I that's mean, kind honestly, of a scary we, thing. You it, can make data true. fit any type of story that you want to tell. Yes. And so I think that 30, 60, 90 day goals is really important to, before, like you said, you get your pickaxe and dig into the <laughs> shit pile of data. What are the goals that you're really trying to accomplish? Like, is it we need to figure out where most of our leads are coming from? Is it do we want to keep Facebook over Google? Yes. Do we want to keep all of them? So really some very simple questions to ask yourself and your team before you get started. Well, and, and I think the more time that we spend in identifying that, um, you know, our vendor partners. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit as well. Yep. Um, can, can really be, we can really own that partnership relationship and say, yes. okay, look, I intimately understand what your operational goals are, 
what your culture goals are, yes. you know, and what your, 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 your sales goals are. And, and, and I can kind of really break that. I can be a partner in helping to achieve those things. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about yeah. your partners because, you know, I think many people want to achieve that, but I don't know if you necessarily map out exactly how you, you get to a place of being a partner. Yeah, I mean, and this is like one of my favorite topics because I feel like a partner isn't even necessarily, yes, it's something you achieve, but it's more of a way of doing business, right? And so up the difference to me between a vendor and a partner is someone who truly wants to see you successful and is willing to be flexible and open to making sure you're successful, right? And so that, of course, is one part of it will be taking your goals and saying, okay, this is interesting. These are your goals. Let's see how we can personally help you hit these goals with yes. our solution. Yes. And I think if you don't have a vendor person who's saying that to you, you have a vendor and you don't have a partner and it's probably time to start maybe looking around for more of a partner. <laughs> well, there, there's a sense of accountability when you get really intimate and you share what those operational, cultural, and even sales revenue goals are. Yeah. You know, and there's an accountability Right. And I, I think there's there's vendor partners, but I think there's even another level about above that, mm-hmm. which 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 I think is like, and I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I actually had a podcast today with someone who did, did, was exactly in that place with between dealer OMG and themselves. Like, it, yeah, they just they got to this place where there was like there was accountability, not just on the vendor side, but accountability on the dealers. Yeah. Side, and then I think it goes back to what we're saying. If you're using your own data, and you're creating your own goals that are not determined by the agency, you then are coming from like a place of power saying, these are our individual goals that we would like you to help us meet instead of saying, what goals do you have that we should be meeting? Yes. Yeah. And so I think, and like I said, I mean, there's a lot of, we work with vendors exclusively. That's who the majority of my clients are. And um, they're working in some really flexible, interesting, cool ways with dealerships right now to help them meet their goals. And that can be anything from, you know, financially spreading their cost out maybe over a couple of months to help uh, financially to exactly like you said, just say, what are, what are your 30, 60 and 90 day goals? And let's really come together, you know, monthly or every other week and determine, are we hitting those KPIs to get to that goal? Yeah. Because it, it, Become these accountability partners now. Yeah. You know, and um, because there are going to be things that the vendor's going to need to execute, and then the things you're going to need to execute at the operational level to support what the vendors what the vendors doing. Yeah. And it, I, I find it rare for people to get to that accountability type partner, but I I find some of the most successful dealerships I mean, have had the opportunity to over 500 interviews. And yeah. I identified some patterns. And, you know, definitely I, I find with some of the most successful dealer dealer groups out there have got to this place where they can hold their uh, vendors accountable, but yep. the vendors can also hold them accountable from an operations perspective. Absolutely. As far as what they said they were going to, what they were going to attempt to achieve. Well, I think that's the other part of this, both from our session and just personally, I feel that, you know, I say in our session tomorrow, after you've sharpened your pencil, you've looked at the data, you've figured out your goals, if certain partners aren't reaching their goals, don't just cancel. Because really, what you may find, go ahead and go tell them that these are your goals and you're not meeting your goals. I think you're going to find more often than not, the good vendor partners in this space 
will come up with new and creative ways to help you hit your goals. Yes. And we all know how hard it is to bring new solutions and new technology into a dealership once we've had them integrated. So I really, really encourage everyone to, if you're finding that they're not quite hitting what you need, it's okay to go to them and say, you're not hitting where we need you to be. This is where we need you to be. Let's talk for the next 30 days. What can you do for the next 30, 60, 90 days to get us to where we need to be? That's, that's perfect. What, what else do you kind of hope that people are going to take away from tomorrow's session? I think just like for me, I love, um, I use one of Warren Buffett's quotes and it was like, when the, what is it? When the, when the greedy get fearful, it's time for the fearful to get greedy. Is that right? Oh, okay. I may be botching this, but the, yeah, the general idea is when others are rushing out of the room, you should be rushing in. And so I think we're in a golden opportunity right now for those dealerships who are, are willing and able to, like we're talking about, create those goals, set up those marketing programs, dig into the data, to then actually outperform on that data. They're going to be so much further ahead than any of their other competitors when the market does start to start to soften and inventory starts coming back onto lots. Yeah, I, I feel like... Um for a lot of dealerships out there, there's an opportunity right now because I feel like there's a, a reset. Yeah. You know, and they're, 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 we're, we're, we're coming out of this phase when well, we're still in it, but sometimes not. I guess it depends on your OEM. Um, you know, where everything was just selling. It was just selling. Yes, you know, selling correct. Selling top dollar and everything yep. else. And it was like, and, and you know, when times are good, I hate to say it, but you know, the bad habits have a tendency of setting in. Yeah. Because um, it's just, it's easy. Well, you don't have to work as hard. I yes. mean, and that's okay. That's just human nature, though, right? Like, I don't blame anybody for it at right. all, right? Yeah. You know, but I think that shift is happening. Yes. Back to where, like, okay, now I need to reset. I need to reset my, my BC strategy. Yes. My communication strategy. Um, you know, even my, my hiring strategies. Yes. Um, Absolutely. I mean, and that's, like, speaking of the BDC and even the hiring, uh, manufacturers are going to tie, be tying... Um, their co-op dollars and co-op reimbursement to retention. As early as this next year, GM has already announced this. So while retention's always been something in our industry that we talk about as like a sweet, fuzzy, like, oh, let's make sure our customers are happy. There are now real dollars that are going to be tied to either retaining your customer or not. And yes. so it really is the perfect time to, to, to figure this out. Well, I mean, Someone told me the other day that you know just in this last quarter there was over seven and a half percent inflection. Wow! That, you know, the, the, as an industry, that people are just going. There's no more, I think, you know, brand or even vehicle loyalty. Oh, I don't think so either. You know, I really and, don't. And we have to you know, rebuild or maybe even optimize those strategies. Just and, and this this inventory shortage has created just kind of this this reset of. Of loyalty, it's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, look, nobody makes a bad car anymore. That's it. You know? You're right. You're right. There's no bad cars. And I think also and there's not many of these out there, which is great. But I think these dealers who really kind of gave it to the consumer in terms of going ten thousand dollars over invoice or or MSRP are really going to feel the burn here in the next year or two. Your customers are going to remember that, and they'll take their money elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, so let's 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 dive a little bit into it. let's talk some retention. Yeah, you know, um, you know, what are some of the better practices you've seen out there? Well, I mean, I think just having that personal one-to-one -one relationship 
from anyone in your sales or service staff with a customer. So okay. if, I mean, I tend to go back when I really like someone or I really like a company or I like the way they made me feel. I heard one of the ones, um, this is a real, a real time one where the service center sent a gift on the person's anniversary and not anniversary for becoming a customer, their wedding anniversary. Like, so this depart, this dealership sent a wedding anniversary gift, which I was like, that is fascinating. It is. Um, but I was even talking to someone earlier today. There's a new company in the space called Handwritten, and they do AI handwritten cards. And we were talking about how, like, how excited do you get just when you get a written card anymore, right? When you see writing on the envelope, it's, like, just so exciting. So I think, really, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes some of these really thoughtful moments but that means that the dealership has to have that in their mind and have a process to make that happen because those don't just happen by accident. Those have to be built into your system. They, they do, 100%. And, yeah. You know, um, I think retention strategies like that, those are, those are great hacks. You know, but I'm thinking of like over the last couple of years, what have been some of the brands that have really retained my loyalty? Yes. And, you know, some of those brands, what I've been impressed by is their level of communication. Yes. You know, so like I bought a boat, you know, uh, you know, just before COVID. Yeah. Um, and their level of communication with me has, honestly, they've made me a loyalist. That's like, awesome. I, I will just, I'll never buy another, a, another brand. I feel like I'm a part of the community and it's not that they're sending me promotions or offers or something like that. You know, owning a boat is a lifestyle. And, right. And, and they're. And they're helping me learn and educate me and entertain me in some cases, you know, yeah. around, around, you know, that this lifestyle. And, and I, I think communication, yes. one to what you said, one to one, you know, and I, right now I, I gotta, I gotta say it as an industry and because we're coming off of just vehicles selling themselves, yep. you know, I think we're gonna have to reteach, you know, yes. ourselves, yes. you know, maybe some of the communication strategies that we just kind of that and i think the other big thing i'm seeing is community ah, it, yes, like community. it's yeah. you said you know boating is a lifestyle that's a perfect example we were talking right before we were in here about our hotel loyalty cards yes right and so it's this idea of being a part of a community i heard a dealership that after every single person buys their car they put that person they reach out to that person and say we'd like to invite you to be part of a private facebook group that's just for our car buyers and so it's fascinating such a great idea because in that way, they're creating a sense of community among the people who buy their cars. And because it's a private group, it's not like a Facebook page that the normal Facebook page of the dealership, they'll post like special VIP events for the car owners. And so I think any way you can kind of create that sense of community and a little bit of like VIP to well, it. I, you know what, I say VIP and really what I like to replace the word VIP with is gratitude. Yeah, uh, 100%. I think sometimes VIP doesn't necessarily come off with this gratitude. It's masked by VIP in the sense I just want to sell you something else. Yes, you know? that's and, true. And so, 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 like, I, but, but yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think, uh, you know, this the company I bought my boat from, they did a great job of just bringing me into, into, into the community, but then consistently showing gratitude. Yes. And not, you know, but intentional gratitude. Right. Not, not, not like, hey, you're amazing. So here's a hundred dollar discount. Right, right. You know who does this really well, and I'm actually just thinking this as we're driving. Is the um, if you've ever been part of like a wine club, 
Yes. Like they are a perfect example of this. Like you have special events, you get special tickets to special concerts. You get to go pick up your wine and like go during fun days to pick up your wine. And so they're really masters of creating community atmosphere where you feel like you're getting special things because you're a part of that uh, company. You and, know. and you know the funny thing is, is I think a lot of those strategies if, if, if you're a dealership and you're listening right now and you think about developing out some of these communication strategies you know with the goal to generate community and, and uh, intentional gratitude yep then you know it those same strategies work for your employees yes as well a hundred percent so actually I was just listening Sarah Vantine from quantum 5 was speaking this morning. And she had this great story. She said, um, and this is real. This is um, someone in a BDC. The agent just wanted to, he was going on his honeymoon. His wife had always wanted to have a dolphin encounter and they didn't have the amount, he didn't have the amount, right? To give her the dolphin encounter. But he was like, I've got everything covered on the honeymoon, but the dolphin encounter, and this has been like a lifelong dream. So the BDC department, the manager sat down with them, said, how much do you need for it? It was like $600. He's like, okay. We're going to put together a six month plan of specific steps of what you need to do in order to gain the money you need to make the $600. So anyway, this guy in like two months, I think, had hit his target and made the 600 and was able to take his wife on the dolphin excursion. And I thought, what a great example of using someone's individual why, you know, sitting down, taking the time to figure out what is really going to motivate them and then using that to help them level up. No, you're, you're, you're totally right. It's intentional gratitude yes all right goes way beyond just a strategy for your customers but also for your employees um but then uh, also i think it starts carving out that communication strategy yeah you know of you know what do you say how do you say it but it's not it's not necessary that we do communicate because i think as, as an industry we communicate a lot yeah we do like, probably we too do, much sometimes probably too much <laughs> in some cases but why we're communicating the way we're communicating yes if you're out there and you're listening or watching right now and you have an opportunity right now to optimize that strategy, yes. you know, un- really think about why am I communicating, communicating this way? Like what, it, you know, what, what, what pushes me to you know, put in this additional effort and make ourselves available at this time or that time? You know, right. So on and so yeah. And I think one other thought on this that's so interesting is like even in terms of um, like you're saying gratitude and coming up with the best things, just really individually knowing your customers, your staff members, and taking the time, like we're saying, to kind of individualize those offers to them will go a long way. Huge, huge. Yeah. Well, Lori, I know we're towards the tail end of our time today. I know we can jam a lot longer. <laughs> always, um, I always have plenty to say. <laughs> but for everyone out there watching, listening right now, I'd love to connect with you and kind of follow along with your journey. What's the best way to do so? Probably just LinkedIn. I'm all over the place on LinkedIn. I'm on there every day, so just Lori Halter. Lori, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. I had so much fun. And now this has been my first Corvette in Vegas ride ever. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.